Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Hey, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Michelle Ron, author and speaker, teacher, Miss Senior America. You've got it all going on, Michelle Ron. You should yes, be thankful I to be here. This is a fabulous show, Michelle Ron. It's a wonderful <laughs> show, and everybody should be listening, and I'm going to tell it to the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. <laughs> we have so much fun. You crack me up. All right, so um, I've got several really cool topics I want to talk about today, but All one right. that you and I know is in the news and has been in the news for a couple of days um, is about a, a birthday party. And, you know, Manders have kind of gone really south, and I'm guilty of this. Way I'm not south. a big thank you letter writer. Mm. I'm a thank you caller. I'm a thank you emailer. I'm a thank you. I really appreciate you. I, I have not, so I'm guilty of not being a good note writer. And but you're still saying thank you, Angie. I There's do. The I huge do really difference. Difference. And I and I think people know I'm so appreciative exactly. when somebody does like you, that beautiful necklace you, you gave me. I'm so oh. surprised in my Christmas card. Anything you, know, you say comes from the heart, oh, and that just you. comes off right away. So the the important thing that you just said is that you are expressing a gratefulness and a an appreciation, and I think there's the huge difference. Well, this. Um, RSVPing for an event. I am one to maybe do a maybe. And I do mm. a maybe because I have three radio shows and I have three kids and Schedules. I have a husband with a startup. Sure. And so I have my best intentions to go, but sometimes I'll be honest with you, I am exhausted. Of course you are. And so I can't even like get up to get dressed to go to something. Or I think I'm going to be done with work in time and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And because my life is a little bit complicated, I tell my friends, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you, including me. I'm going to do my best to be there. It means a lot that you even still invite me when I can't oftentimes go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to kids' birthday parties and parents RSVP, they they get expensive sometimes. Very. And I can't so, believe the cost of birthday parties now. I Truly, when my girls were growing up, that, I, and Bob and I both being teachers, I literally do not believe we could have afforded to do what's, what I see being done now. 250 is like average, 250. Oh, that's to do like unreal. a jumpoline or a, you unreal. know, skating party or, you know, a Chuck E. Cheese party. Mm. So um, apparently this British couple um, had a party and um, they, a, a little boy, a, little, a child RSVP'd, and now they've contacted the father and they said since the kid didn't come that they want a $25 refund from the $25 they had to pay for th- that kid's portion of the event and then there are now allegedly um, small claims courts threats but I have to believe there's more to this. Oh I agree. I, I have agree. to believe. Mm-hmm. First of all. Um, let's listen to the story and then I want to okay, hear what you okay, think. Good, okay good. let's let's play the story. Alex Nash from the south of England was invited to the party at a dry ski slope just before Christmas. His parents hadn't realised they'd double-booked Alex, who was meant to be spending time with his grandparents. The school friend's mother, Julie Lawrence, claims Alex's non-attendance left her out of pocket and has criticised his parents for not telling her that he was not going to attend. His parents say the money is not the issue, more the manner. Alex's father says he's been told he will be taken to a small claims court for refusing to pay. 
Oh my All right. Goodness so, sakes. what do you think? What do you think? I Jorge's laughing and shaking his head, and I so agree. I just think this is beyond ridiculous. And um, first of all, the little five-year-old. First of all, they let's go back to your RSVPs because you're saying to to your friends when things come up. You know, I'd love to come. Um, it's possible that I will, but I'm not real sure. However, this family did RSVP that the little boy would be there. So that that is a given. You count on that. Um, circumstances are that it didn't work out. And I think it's just the manner in which it really happened, you know, that the mother is doing the small claims court with the $25. I mean, that's... It sounds completely nutty, but get this. One of these Miss Manners experts... Yeah. It's a Mr. Manners, I believe. He says the family's completely in line because people are becoming jerks when it comes to RSVPing. And I would agree with that. And I, my experience as a mom with two daughters that got married, and they've been married a long time now, but when we sent out invitations for the wedding reception and the um, the party the night before, and we received so many invitations, yes, we'll be there. And then when we had, I believe it was 21 people that RSVP that they were going to come and did not come. 21. It was that a huge is, number. It was that it was absolutely shocking bankrupt. to me. It, it, well, but and people how, I mean, you're don't talking RSVP. dollars a head. Uh, that's right. Exactly. Thousands of dollars. Exactly. So my one daughter. That was in one year. My follow, following year, my other daughter got married. My husband called everybody. <laughs> List and said, "Okay, you've said you're coming. Are you going to come?" Right. Hilarious that your husband difference. did that. He's like, "I'm oh. taking control of his party." Well, <laughs> but people don't think they don't realize that you are held accountable. So obviously, this mom for the tobogganing or the sledding or whatever the 1595 that that she was out. I think the whole point, the way she went about it. First of all, the little boy and his father didn't get the information uh, that they were being charged this until the little boy brought his backpack home and it was in his backpack. That's Don't poor judgment. Don't involve the kids. Do it's not poor in, judgment. No, and then it puts your son in a weird predicament puts the teacher school. in a weird thing, too. I mean, I'm, yes. we're a uh, teacher. Parents may not put things in other kids' backpacks. So that, to me, says that something else went on. Um, but when the, when the little boy's mom messaged the other mom to say she was sorry and let's work this out and let's resolve this amicably and the mom replied back again I think in poor judgment she said well the way to to do this is to pay me the money and have a lesson learned well you know I learned a lesson when my daughter got married and people didn't resolve it it wasn't fun but you still that's a hard lesson to learn and let's let's not involve the kids because that will be that will be forever. Do it with your own friends, lady. Leave I your kids' agree. friends alone. Like I then the kids got to be like the kid that's known. He will be known now for his sure. entire school, unless he sure. moves away. Every kid will remember him as making international news because his mom wanted the fifteen ninety nine back or whatever yep. it was. You know, yep, I it'll agree. follow him for the rest of his life. That's why I, tell, I don't let my mom go to the school because my mom has a bad <laughs> temper, and my kids are going to be in that school for a long time. So I don't want my kids to be known as oh, those are the kids with the mean grandmother. Oh, how funny. Oh, I think maybe you're judging too hard. No? I hate to say it, okay. but no, I'm not. Okay. She's banned from our house right now. <laughs> no, seriously. Here? Oh, yeah, It's in a permanent timeout. My husband says she can't come back. Well, is she learning then? I the don't know. Thing, I is have she to, learning? No, I have to ask you. She's not very old. She's okay. only 72. Okay. I th I'm wondering if it's dementia. 
I have talked to her no less than 200 times about you have to control your temper at the right. school. You have to control your temper around my kids. You have to control your temper around my nanny. And every time she comes over, they're screaming and really bad language. And she threw a shoe over the weekend and she hit my five-year-old wow. accidentally. Oh. And my husband said she can't come back. Has she always been like this, Angie? No. Oh. She has been since I've been like an adult. But, but as not, a kid, as she was very up. loving. And my so kids said, was she different. mean when you were growing right. up? And I said, no. And then my daughter said, are you going to get mean when you get old like grandma then? You know, like she thought, oh, well, you know, grandma was nice sure. like you. Uh, and I said, no. So I'm really perplexed. I would question that. If you were, if you had told me that she's been like that your whole life, then I'm saying you're not going to change her. But if this is a definite change in behavior I would question that also I'd say in the last 10 years or so okay. is when the, the have you the talked rage. to her about that oh and she had 277 it. times I'm in the last year and does she respond yes I did use no, poor she judgment thinks I'm nuts oh. she thinks my husband my nanny myself all my kids my friends that have seen it any of us who've seen it she thinks we're all wrong that, then, that, that the, I had one nanny who was so close to me. Jorge knows her. Delightful older Christian woman. Uh-huh. Love her. She's part of our family. She called me one day and she said, Angie, I am driving around the neighborhood crying because I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to come over because your mom's gotten so abusive. Wow. No, there's, I would check into that medically too. I really would, Angie. So with that said, that's, I wouldn't allow her at the school sure. because I don't want my kids to be branded. So this sure. poor kid in the story right, is right. branded yep, for the will. rest of his life. He'll be made fun of for mm-hmm. his school life mm-hmm. by the kids saying, your dad sued my mom for 15 You know what I found interesting on the article on the Facebook is where I saw, or no, and the, whatever, but the little boy who uh, didn't show up for the party, his face and his dad are pictured the other mom and the other two children they the two children were blocked out for you can see them i thought how come you can show the one little boy but you can't show the others yeah, yeah and I the boy who's was... kind of like the the innocent right victim right kind you of. can show his yeah i found that boy of course there's the media so that's another story all right i want to um talk about um just the pressure to be uh the mm-hmm. same and you know in school these kids they're supposed to be little clones I just talked with one of my little friends Cassie who when she was 14 she has a radio show mm-hmm. um, uh, and she she came on my show when she was 14 she's 18 now and she talked about how when she started when she left her uh, uniforms and her um, charter school and went to middle school in seventh grade she thought oh I can express myself and she likes fun hair and she likes you know wearing tutus and all these clothes and she thought how fun I can express myself finally no she got bullied to the point where she was so depressed she couldn't see a way out mm. and uh, she felt that she lost herself in all of that and that she said I, I hated myself in middle school Yes. When this happened. Before she was homeschooled and okay. pulled, and she said, I know all not all kids have a family as wonderful as mine. They, mm-hmm. they rescued me from this horrible mm. situation and this horrible darkness where she didn't want to go on. And so there are two stories that I want to um, bring to, you know, just enlighten mm-hmm. us. One girl uh, was born without an arm, and her name's Sarah, and she decided that she was going to kind of start a movement on YouTube. And uh, she, she says she was born different, but she wants us all to express our beauty and to, uh, to start a campaign where we talk about our unique, unique beauty. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so here she is. And then we'll go on to the next okay. part of the story. Hi, everyone. My name is Sarah Stump. And I'm here to share with you guys about a mission that I am very passionate about. And it's called Changing the Face of Beauty. The reason where my passion came from is I was made a little bit different. Like a lot of you, 
are. We're all created differently. And this is what, how I'm created different. God has created me with one arm instead of two. But I wouldn't change it for the world because I know that each and every one of us are beautiful just the way that God has created us. And I want you guys to know that as well. I want you guys to know that any dream, no matter how big or how small, it is achievable. And you can make all of your dreams come true. You just have to set your mind to it and go for it. And I also want you guys to know that you are beautiful. Tell yourself every day how beautiful you are because I promise you that each and every one of you, no matter what your difference is, no matter what your imperfections are, you are beautiful. God has created each and every one of us in his image. And I want all of you to know that you are imperfectly perfect just as you are. So she goes on to talk about a campaign and expressing their beauty and embracing that. You know, she has one arm and she is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just really respect a kid. Um, Very strong kid. Yes. Very strong. To come out publicly like that because, of course, then you risk back backlash as well. Oh, my gosh. Did you see, like, totally Sarah went on the Internet with her one arm and tried to act like she was beautiful? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, kids are mean. Oh, very. It, 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 truly. And, and girls from my observation, appear to be the worst on that, too. Boys boys seem to, when they have a disagreement or they don't agree with each other, um, whatever, they can, they, they punch it out, it's out, it's gone. Girls just tend to pull it on every time, and it gets worse, and it gets magnified. I think the, what I hear this gal saying, how fabulous she is in the respect that when she says she's um, imperfectly perfect and that we are all beautiful which is wonderful but I am also thinking that this little gal has a great family a, a solid rock mm -hmm. who has brought her up that way and so for the kid who hasn't got that background very easy to walk into a middle school or to a classroom where you are suddenly ostracized and, and you begin to believe it because you don't have the foundation perhaps at home. Yeah, like Cassie said to me t about being bullied, she had a family. Her mom wouldn't even leave her alone. She'd go in the bathroom while she showered because things were so scary that she was so down. Uh, but a lot of kids, their family's part of the problem as to why sure. they're bullied. Exactly. They're coming to school in old clothes or right. they're not kept clean or they're not fed well or they're not treated well. And then they're bullied and they have nowhere to go for safety. And so she mentioned um, to get a voice. And she said, you know, if you're being bullied, kids, or if your kids are being bullied, they need to have a voice. Tell your parents, tell your teacher, tell your counselor. She said she ate in her counselor's office every day that school year. Her counselor became her best friend. And I was going to say good for the counselor because, and, and, and for you and I, when we're walking along the street or we're driving along and we see a kid that just looks pretty downcast or alone or something, I would just venture that each one of us, please put up a pop-up prayer, a pop-up prayer for that child because Lord... Help them to find a mentor. Give them somebody in their life to let them know how wonderfully perfect and beautiful they are. I, one of my very favorite songs is Dolly Parton's Coat of Many Colors. It is beautiful, I love isn't it? That. And the whole thing is how it was made in love by her mother. With scraps. With scraps of everything that they had and collected. she was so proud. Very. And she went to school and it was completely disintegrated by, by children. Making fun of the scraps again, it was made out again, of. Again, but, but again, Dolly came from a strong family where she is supported and it was made in love and she viewed that love and she went on to make it better and and that's so important so we need to pray for those kids absolutely love it all right so with that said i find this uh, little experiment very interesting um this these are two groups of people asked you know what they would change about themselves what they don't like about themselves so you've got adults 
And just there's such a distinct difference between the adults' answers and the kids' answers. So they're asking an important question about what they don't like or would change about themselves. So let's start with the adult portion of this little experiment. Okay. So we've got one question that we want to ask you today. Okay, well, what's that question? The question is, if you could change one thing about your body, what would it be? Um, only one. <laughs> um, I would change my forehead. I have a really big forehead. I'd like to be taller. The puffiness of my face. My ears. I have big ears. Stretch marks after having a baby. <laughs> A lot of times, like, kids would make fun of me, like, hey man, you got big ears, you got Dumbo over there, you know? Definitely my skin, because I've dealt with acne and eczema issues ever since I was a little kid. Growing up, like, a lot of people call me, like, five head, or be like, your forehead's so big, they've always, like, would say something to me about it. When I was younger, I felt like I wasn't quite adequate enough. Mm. All right, the funny thing about this, or interesting, I should say, everything they mentioned I didn't even notice and did not appear to me to even be a to, problem. For them, exactly. So maybe when that guy was 10, he had big ears, like my husband but did. he didn't appear at not that now. time. Not now. No. And the forehead or the whatever. I mean, the, the woman who said she had stretch marks was like a thin mom. I mean, I don't know. I didn't see a thing. It was very interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, I agree. So now when you ask the kids what they would change about themselves, th these answers are awesome. They are phenomenal. All right. I'm going to ask you one question. What's the question? If you could change one thing about your body, what would you change? Hmm. Um. Hmm. Um. You know, have a mermaid tail. Probably like a shark mouth. So I could eat a lot of stuff. I could have teleportation in my body. Extra pointy ears. I want legs like a cheetah so I can run faster like a cheetah. I could have wings. Like fly. I don't think there's anything to change. I like my body, actually. Yeah, you wouldn't change anything? Nothing else. Just my mental. A lot of people obsess about getting older and about the wrinkles. I love my white hair. I loved it when it started turning white. It's one of those things, because I chose to stay this way because it just wouldn't be me if I totally changed the way I look. She was pretty, too. Very pretty. And she was a grandma. Mm -hmm. She loved herself. Okay, so the kids, they it. have nothing about themselves and their bodies that they don't love. And the only thing they want to do is add a cool accessory, like a mermaid tail or a shark's mouth. To be a superhero. Yeah. yeah. Legs like a cheetah to run faster. Yes. How neat is oh, that? Oh, it's phenomenal. And, and I love the... Um, the little gal, and I would say that she would be 10 or 11, 12, maybe the one that said, I like my body. I like it. I mean, how many kids can say that? I, I'm so delighted to hear it. So delighted. I think they do until they right. become teenagers. I think they do love their bodies. Until somebody tells them different. Exactly. That's, that's the key. I mean, I think... Um, I taught so many grades, and fourth grade was one of my very favorites. And the reason fourth grade was one of my favorites was because the kids were so open to, they were like a sponge. Just anything, give it to me, give it to me, I'm going to do it. And they accepted everybody around them. And it didn't seem until they were in fifth grade or sixth grade where they were aware of other people's opinions. Where in fourth grade, it was all 
boy, I'm, I'm out to gather the world. I'm going to do it. And I think that's the difference in, in what they accept. I love confidence in kids, and I really tried to instill that mm-hmm. in my kids because my dad, I think, really did that with me. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was around until I was about 12. And even with all the issues my parents had in their relationship and my dad's drinking, he was a professor, and he was always very big on letting me know I could be anything I wanted mm-hmm. to be. And uh, Which is huge. I said, yeah, I think it really had a great impact mm-hmm. on me. And apparently his father, who also was an alcoholic, did the same thing with my aunts. Mm-hmm. They just rave about how he built them up. And mm. he qualified for the Olympics, and he was an orator and wow. very talented man. Right. Uh, but drinking took him down. But I wanted to say my son, I had said to my son, uh, he had to go to basketball, and I said, well, I'm sorry you'll miss church. Mm-hmm. And I said, but church is important, you know, because it makes you a good citizen. It teaches you to be a good citizen. He goes, I know, Mom, I feel like I already am a really good citizen. <laughs> Michelle, yes. <laughs> Michelle yes. Ron. Well, tell us your website. MichelleAron.com and make a great choice today. Thank you, Michelle. Always a blessing to have you here. You are loved. Hear about our victory in Jesus Christ. You are listening to 810 AM KLVZ, God's love in broadcasting. One in six children in Colorado are living below the federal poverty line, and A Precious Child is here to help. They are a wonderful organization that is devoted to making a positive impact in the lives of disadvantaged and displaced families in Colorado by improving their quality of life. Come on and partner with A Precious Child by volunteering your time or donating funds to assist the children of Colorado to succeed in life, school, and triumph in their future endeavors. They're also in need of donations of gently used clothing, computers, sporting equipment, and shoes. Discover how you can help at A Precious child.org Hello, it's Angie. Already imagine it's cold outside. You don't have a coat. You don't have boots. You don't have mittens. Well, that is often the case with the, the homeless. So uh, Alexa Gagne is here with the Denver Rescue Mission. How can we help? You have some needs right now for cold weather gear. We do. In the extreme temperatures, we need coats and hats and scarves and boots and all of those sorts of things, but also blankets. Um, any of those things that might be gently used or just, you know, you have an extra coat from last year you haven't worn yet. Any of that could be dropped off at the Lawrence Street Shelter downtown. Excellent. Again, your website as well denverrescuemission.org so cold weather gear blankets and mittens and gloves and again as, as Alexa mentioned they can be gently used and they need this stuff right now they have a real need for cold weather gear and Alexa give us your um, contact info denverrescuemission.org and you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter excellent thanks Alexa thank you I don't know about you but I love to shop and I love a good deal and my husband likes it when I get a good deal You have to know about ARC Thrift Stores. On Saturdays, most items are half off. My friend Frances Owens, who is the former first lady you may know, also works for ARC, and she and I kind of have a running competition. Yes, we do. So what are some of the good deals you've gotten recently? Well, I just got a Dooney and Burke briefcase for $25. They run around three to four hundred dollars. Perfect condition. I saw an Armani bag in there recently. I didn't get that one, but that was an incredible deal. I did get the coach bag. Brand new with the tag still on it. It was worth about $200. And I paid, uh, I think it was $20. Well, I just have to say thank you to the people that are donating these things. Oh my gosh. There are so many amazing pieces you can find. They've got 22 locations and your website is if they want to find a location. www.arcthrift.org. And all the money helps people with disabilities. So you spend money and it goes to a great cause. Yay! 810 a.m. KLVZ, where love lives.
Welcome back to the good news. All right. What I love about this show is I can share these stories of hope and inspiration with you. Maybe you're having a bad day and you hear a story and you're like, wow, if that person can get through that, I certainly can get through my day or whatever it is that maybe you're having a difficult time with. I have a friend. Her name is Kristen Hopkins, and she was in the news last year. Kristen has uh, been in our lives since my kids were really little because she ran the daycare facility where my kids were taken care of. Welcome to the show, Kristen Hopkins. Thank you. So you, in your bio, first and foremost, you are a mom of four. I am. Full-time job right there. Absolutely. It's a full... I always wondered how you worked full-time at the daycare center with the four kids. I was like, that is crazy. And you were in the news last year. You were missing for almost a week. And obviously, your kid's very uh, worried. And there is a happy ending to this because you're sitting in front of me and they found you. But let's go back in your story and talk about what happened and, you know, uh, how you survived this situation. Sure. Um, I actually do not remember... The accident. Um, so were you driving in the mountains? Where were you? I, I, I was up in Fairplay. So, yep, in the mountains. And um, the, the, I actually, like I said, do not remember what happened. Um, but when you woke up, you were where? I was upside down in my car. Okay, so you and have an accident and you're alone. Yes. No one's with you. Mm-hmm. You're upside down in your car. And have you been out for a while? Are you injured already? Like what? Because you end up, how many days are you upside down in your car? Uh, Six days. Six days trapped upside down in your car. Is your family searching for you? Yes. So let's talk about uh, what happened when you woke up. Do you remember when you woke up? Were you in pain? I wasn't in any pain. Um, I, I... I couldn't find my glasses. I couldn't find my phone. I couldn't find a no. mirror or anything, but just um, feeling my face and everything. I knew I was cut. Um, there was blood all over my sweater and shirt and everything. And my ankles just felt really, really weird. And I pulled out my pant legs and they were purple and just, you know, weird feeling. I I can't really describe it any other way. So you had been there. Do you know how long at that point? No, because you didn't have any kind, you couldn't find your phone. Nope. I had no idea what day I woke up, what day I, you know, it was or anything. Uh, You didn't find out until later that you'd been six days upside down in your car trapped. Yes. Unbelievable. So during that six days, I mean, part of it, obviously you were unconscious because you woke up. What did you, how did you get through that time? I mean, obviously you were worried about your kids and they're looking for you and that's a long time. Yeah. And actually, my first thought was, oh, my God, I've got to pick up my kids. Because it was it was Monday, in my mind, because the last thing I remember was Sunday. So Monday is, you know, school day, got to pick up the kids. And, you know, I obviously couldn't, but I tried to get out of the car. You know, the doors were all locked and shut. And, you know, I couldn't get out. I couldn't get out. One of the... The driver's side, I think it was the driver's side front door, I could open like two inches. Wow. How did, did you, was there anything to eat? Could you reach anything? I had my lunchbox for work and all that was in it was a package of dry oatmeal. <gasps> and I, oh. I tried to do that, but it, I had no water, nothing to drink, and my mouth was so dry and that didn't go, go very well at all. So what were what what was going on in your thoughts, um, in terms of, you know, waiting to be rescued and hoping to be rescued? What what got you through that six days? Because you know, not everyone would make it through. I, just my kids. I had to. I yeah. had to get home for my kids. You know, they're 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 what kept me going. 
So what? how did you get discovered? Who found you? And were they searching for you? Or did they just come across you? Obviously, there was a search for you because you were in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, it was a, a couple, um, Hope and Andy Lombard. They live up in Fairplay, and they were driving home from work. And they were going, I guess, I, I have not seen where I went off the road. I don't want to see where I went off the road. But, you know, they said they were driving around hope was driving and andy saw over the pass and he saw something shiny and so they stopped and he went down and saw that there was a body in the car and they went to the 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 police station and there was a recovery now did they um now he but he couldn't come down to you he didn't come down to where you were he did oh he did yeah he did and so he saw you were alive but trapped he didn't know i i he didn't know if i was alive or dead all the windows were shattered and everything so like spider webs. So you, did you, you see him? No, I, I do not remember being came down. No, I don't remember being rescued at all. Oh, so by that time you were just delirious. You were out. I was out. Now, were you, con- were you conscious when they came to get you? No. At all? No, I, no, you, I, no, I, but still alive. Yes. Barely. I, from what I hear from people is I kept telling, you know, flight for life people, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're such a mom. I could keep saying that. I'm fine. Are my kids okay? No, I'm fine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. But you don't remember any of that? Nope. Yeah, I can imagine after six days without food and water and being injured as well. Yep. So Flight for Life gets you out of there. Yes. And then just a sidebar, before we get to being reunited with your kids, you actually got to meet the people who found you? Yes. How cool is that? Yeah, that was it was really cool. And when when did you do that? Tell me about that experience. Um, It was uh, July I think, and we we drove up to to Fairplay, and I met them, and um, it was I, I bawled my eyes out because it, seriously, without if he didn't see me at that time, I I would be dead. And were they looking because they heard about in the news that a woman was driving up there, a mom was driving and was missing? Nobody no, knew nothing. where I was. Well, that kind of shows me. Look, he this ha- recently we did a story something like this where. A man saw a car that was kind of like in between the highway, like in the little, you know, divot there in the middle. Mm-hmm. And he thought, well, you know, maybe I should go back and see what's going on. And it was starting to smoke and he actually rescued the person. Oh, wow. But he said that he'd already like pulled off, you know, to go to work and everything, but something in him said go back and check. So I think it's really interesting that it just a, kind of a heads up to us to be aware. And if you think something's off, maybe mm-hmm. check it out or make a call mm-hmm. that he looked over and saw something shiny and then came down and saw there was a body in the car that he took real effort and they went out of their way to, you know, to investigate. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge because I think a lot of us keep driving. We go to work and we're running late and we're so frantic in life that we're distracted and that we don't pay attention to those things. And now your kids have their mom because that man and his wife took the time to pay attention. Right. No, I call them my angels. Totally. totally. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. So then Flight for Life takes you. And then when do you, when do the kids get to see you? And when do they get notified you've been found? I don't know. Um, I, uh, my parents kind of took care of everything. I was seriously out of it for a good two weeks. Um, every day in the hospital, they would ask me, you know, where are you? And I, I honestly told, I, I told them and I, in my heart, I believed I was at the Olympic Training Center. And I was going to participate in water volleyball. 
and that if that, that's how like you you were coming back to it that's how yep. out of it and injured you were that you had no clue where you were yep wow so this is this is by this time you've been in the hospital a couple of weeks and you were six days in the car so the kids haven't really been able to communicate with you for about three weeks and then talk about how serious your injuries are because you ended up having to have an amputation yes I have um, both legs below the knee are amputated. So your feet had been very injured in the accident. Yes. Um, you looked down and they were purple. They were really yep. injured. Yes. And, you know, the, the blood flow to the extremities were was cut off and everything. And it was, you know, the toxins were going through my body. And they said, basically, she's going to die or we have to amputate her legs. So one or the other. And yeah. your, and your parents are, are there with you. Uh, your kids end up getting, you know, to see you after you figure out where you are. And by that time, have they already amputated your legs? Was that like something that happened early on? They, they found me May 4th and um, amputation was May 4th. So so right away. Yeah. Was that, I mean, they knew right away this has to be done now. Yes. It sounds like you were barely alive. Yes. The doctors who took care of me uh, in at St. Anthony's, they, they said she had about eight, or I had about eight hours left. Wow. They found you just in time. Yep. So let's talk about how your life has changed in the therapy and you know what's kept you going because this is a huge life change mama four mm -hmm. amputated learning how to walk again you know amputated mm -hmm. your legs below the knee both of them let's talk about um what's gone on since then and uh you know what's changed in you um i'm very motivated to live and uh, basically how i deal with all of this my kids are going to see so i have to stay positive i have to stay you know upbeat, motivated, I can make jokes with the best of them about what happened to me because it, it, it's, it shows my kids that you can overcome anything. Yeah. And, you know, if, if one of them says, I can't do something, it's like, no, you don't say that because you can, you have to find a different way to, to, to do it. You know, you may, might have to stop, rethink how, you wanted to do it and try it a different way, but there's always a way to to do something. And I think, uh, you know, being your Facebook friend as well and, and knowing some of your kids, I see uh, they're, they're successful, kids are doing well, and I see a lot of positive posts and reinforcement as they make their accomplishments in life uh, that you are really involved and there and focused on them. And I think you're right. The lessons that they can learn from you that they can't quit. If mm -hmm. you don't quit, they're certainly not going to quit. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's very important. How about strength, you know, getting through those hard days? You know, what's got what gets you through? I used to cry pretty much every day, but it was only for like 30 seconds. Then I was like, okay, let's move on. Because if you sit and cry, you, you're not doing anything to better yourself. So, I mean, I go to the gym three times a week. I have a trainer and, you know, it's physically, I, I have to stay strong because if I don't have my legs on, then I'm in a wheelchair. Well, how am I going to get from the wheelchair to the chair over here or to my bed or, you know, go to the bathroom? It's everything, you know, it, it, it's, I have to be strong upper body wise to move myself. Yes. Oh. So the fitness aspect of you being able to be mobile yes. um, on your legs is very important. So you take that seriously, the working out like a job, the therapy like a job. Yes. And then learning to walk again and getting the prosthetics. Talk about that. How, uh, you know, challenge is not one, it's two. Mm -hmm. And I got them June 20th. And it was it was fun. I mean, to start walking with a walker, and then I moved to crutches, and then I moved to a cane, and then I was able to walk 
by myself and I was doing really good. And then I ended up having a revision of both legs uh, December 1st. And I was off my feet again for another seven weeks. So I'm back on using crutches again. Oh, to, yeah. I see this right there. Yeah. To, uh, to walk again. So. All right. So what message would you have for, you know, I think, you know, as moms, we take on so much. And it's so classic of you, Kristen, to say uh, uh, to the Flight for Life people, I'm okay. I'm fine. Because mm-hmm. I know you, you're always about the kids and other people and you're a caretaker. Mm-hmm. And so, again, if you're just joining us, Kristen Hopkins is, um, has just shared her story of recovery after her rescue, six days trapped in her car upside down and having her legs amputated, being a mama for, inspiring her children to not give up. What, what, how have you changed? What lessons have you learned? What would you share with other people now that you're a different Kristen? Have a sense of humor, first and foremost, because that will get you through quite a bit. And just, you know, stay positive. Because if you feel down, if you are upset, if you, I mean... You can have a pity party for for 30 seconds, but then get up, you know, pull your bootstraps up and go. You know, I don't know if you ever saw an Oprah, but there was a girl who was burned very severely and she wasn't really recognizable anymore. And she said that she did the same thing. She said, I cry every day, but just, you know, about 30 seconds or a minute Mm -hmm. and then that's enough. And I just move on. Yep. And uh, now, now what, What what's next for you? Obviously raising your four kids, um, you know, and you're, you're working out, staying strong and, you know, continuing to be mobile, but what other things do you have in your plan as if that's not enough? I just take one day at a time. Because if you put too much on your plate, well, then things get missed and everything. But just, you know, one day at a time. Okay, what's next for tomorrow? All right, let's do that and, you know, wake up the next day, do the same thing. And keep on moving. Keep on going. You made one of my kids years ago, this little fairy um, painting. I thought it was so cute. Mm -hmm. And they still have it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And my son took it. Apparently, you made it for Faith, but it ended up in Riley's room because he liked you so much. Exactly. It was so sweet and cute. How are your kids doing? They're they're doing good. I mean, they each have their own personality, of course, as as to yours. And, you know, they each took what happened to me differently. Yes. And well, the little one, I mean, Echo is still, you know, pretty young. She actually was the first to be okay with everything. Really? The little yeah. one? Okay. It was the teenagers who had a yep, harder my time. My boys, my boys had a harder time. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think you're a real inspiration to all of us. And are you, how can people reach you if they have questions and, you know, you've written, like, how do people reach out to you? Um, it, on Facebook, it's Kristen Hopkins Recovery. And you've and- got a book. Yep, my dad and I wrote a book about the whole thing. It's called um, Recovery Turns Rescue. And tell people where they can find that. Should they go to your website? Uh, on the website or uh, barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com. And again, it's Kristen Hopkins, Recovery Turns Rescue. Kristen Hopkins Recovery is the Facebook page. The book is Recovery Turns Rescue. Perfect. Thank you very much, Kristen. Always hey, a great to see you, honey. All right, this is the good uh, good news. And I just want to say, you know, thank you so much for listening. It's a, a real gift to me to be able to inspire people and have Kristen on the show. Thanks so much. Where the love of God meets your life. 810 AM KLBZ. 
Well, if you want to attain your dreams and you want to reach your goals, Carrie Conley is the woman to do it. And we just had a great seminar. Boy, that was fun. And we learned so much. We It was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year. Very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core. And they made a huge shift in their life. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've really guided me in my career, achieving some of the goals that, you know, I had in mind over the last year. You helped me write it all down. If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you? And how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Carrie? So the best way to reach me is just through my website, infinitenation.com. And what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals, build their business infinitenation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Do you need to raise money for your school, your nonprofit, your organization? I have a great idea for you. It's called Buck a Bag. You actually gather clothes and shoes, etc. And for every bag, you get a dollar. And then the bags of goods and clothes go to ARC. Correct. The bags and goods go back to ARC. And then we use um, those donations to sell within our stores that advocate on behalf of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So it's a real win-win situation. It is a win-win because I get a dollar for every bag for my school. And then ARC gets money to help the disabled community, and everyone wins. Correct. So if you're interested in fundraising with um, our fundraiser Buck a Bag program, you can find us at arcthrift.org, click on Mission, and then click on Raise Money for Your Cause, and you'll find my contact information and Lori Weir's contact information. Excellent. So look for Miranda and Lori, and again, the website is arcthrift.org. Denver, this is Pastor John A. Moreland, Senior Pastor of the Denver Christian Bible Church. I'd like to invite you to join us for the radio program of Denver Christian Bible Church on our sister station. That's 1220 on the AM dial. You can find us Monday through Friday from 745 to 815. Again, that's 1220 on your AM dial every morning, Monday through Friday. And if you think we're having a good time on Therapy Tuesdays, wait until you join us as we walk through God's Word. It doesn't get any better than that. Come where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. God bless you. Christ's love in His Word. The new 810 AM KLVZ. Welcome back. Well, I know that you have dreams and goals, and you know sometimes when we don't achieve them or we feel like we've you know, taken a step back, it can be very discouraging. But I think that a lot of times we don't realize we have to write these things down. We just have dreams and goals floating around in our head with no real direction, and it's kind of like a fish tank. Like the fish is in there, it's floating around, but we don't know where it's going. So Carrie Conley works with people specifically uh, to get kind of a roadmap or a vision to their goals to give them some direction uh, because if you're headed to Maine, you don't want to be on the highway down to Florida or vice versa. And uh, her company is Infinite Nation, and she's been of great assistance to me. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Hi, Andy. How you doing? I'm great. So uh, we talk a lot about getting vision down on paper. And at first when you told me that, I was like, what What do you mean exactly? So, you know, like your goals in life. So let's kind of break it down for people. And if they're listening, explain how with a couple of pieces of paper and a pen, um, explain sure. what vision is, first of all, and then how we break it down into pieces. All right. I can do that. So, you know, most people, Angie, are walking around in what I call reactive mode. They're just getting up with a to-do list and kind of reacting to everything that happens throughout the day. And when we start talking to people, specifically people who want to really move their life and their business forward in a very big way, and I mean big way by 
making money, being able to take care of their families and being productive. Right. Most times what I find is that they are absolute reactionaries. They just are, like you said, I love the fish in the fishbowl thing because (laughs) that's exactly what they're doing. They're just kind of going in circles with no target to shoot for. And so when you do that, nothing gets accomplished. And so you can't write goals effectively. You can't really be living on purpose. And so what I get people to do is to think in proactive mode. So proactive mode starts with us talking about, all right, give me a very clear vision of what you want your life to look like, let's say, three years from today, right? And so on a piece of paper, what I ask people to do is think about three non-negotiables. How old will you be three years from today? Because that's non-negotiable. You know, God willing, we'll be three years older. If you have children, how old will they be? This is usually one of those kind of things that I hear Mm -hmm. people do. Um, Because in three years, your kids are older and it changes everything. And number three, if your parents are still alive and you're involved in their life, how old will they be? And the reason I use three years and I use those non-negotiables is because when people see that coming, they see a whole different lifestyle that can happen in three years. Okay. Right? So I then ask them to time themselves. And in about three to five minutes, inside a great big giant circle, I have them put a big circle on a piece of paper. I have them write all the things that they are intentional about creating in their life and their business as if it's three years out. All right. Right? So it can be things like um, our family travels twice a year. And I know for you, Angie, that you know traveling for you looks like going camping. For some people, it's going to Hawaii or going, you know, um, to their beach house for a month. It's mm-hmm. totally up to them. But very specific, where are you going? Who are you spending your time with? What does your business look like? Are, uh, what does your health look like? What do you do to stay healthy? Where do you live? What does the community look like? I mean, crystal clear vision. Yeah, and I think that's part that, that I didn't, I would just like, well, we want to take a trip in an RV. And you're like, where are you going? Where are your stops? Who is with you? How long will you be gone? Exactly which towns will you stop in? What are the sites you want to see? Like, you want that vision of the vacation and every other aspect of your goals to be, as you put it crystal clear, like very specific. Yes. Okay. And I think some people think, Angie, that that's very limiting. It's quite the opposite. It's very, um, the very opposite thing, because when you get really, really clear on that, then everything you're trying to make your decisions about versus, um, with, with relation to this year and the next six months, it becomes easier to map those plans out. So, for example, it costs money to take that time away from work and to go travel, right? Mm-hmm. So what it looks like now is, okay, then you need to make some more um, intentional decisions around how you're growing your business or where is that money coming from. And that's the thing is that most people don't realize thinking it's very limited. It's very exact opposite thing. If you're planning for that, then you can prepare a business or a lifestyle that can support that. Okay. Right? Okay. So what I get people to do is after they've done this three-year circle, as you know, what I do is have them draw um, what looks like a cone underneath. So now your big circle is your scoop of ice cream on top. And then the cone on the bottom is your cone. And I get them to break down that three-year vision into one-year goals, six-month goals, and I'm going down the cone now, um, 90-day incremental goals, which is key in, in running a business. And then all the way down at the bottom is where you get to set your daily intentional 
proactive um, goals and activities for the day that line up with where you're going. Okay, so so working down the cone, so on the top of the ice cream cone, that's your three-year goals, very specific, your vacation, uh, where you, your kids, um, your your career, you know, how much money you want to make, um, who you want to influence, your philanthropy work, your volunteer work, and then in the cone underneath, you break it down into little mini chunks of goals that get all the way down to very specific little goals that may even be daily or weekly. Exactly. So what it looks like, Angie, if I were to just take one simple goal, a lot of people have goals around fitness and health, right? Yes. So what they say is I want to be thinner or I want to be healthier or I want to feel better. I want to have more energy. But those are very broad, vague. Those aren't goals. Those are those are just kind of dreams, yes. right? Yes. And what we have to do is if you're saying in your three-year vision that you want to be in shape so that you can ski with your family twice a year, gives you a more targeted goal. And so then you can break down into this year, let's say one year from now, you are working out at, an, at a gym with a trainer who specifies in that. And then, right? you, and then you basically work out like a schedule where you're going to work out three days a week and you're focusing on working on your legs and building up strength, et cetera. And so exactly. you're working down to very specific goals. Carrie Conley, if people want to work with you on their vision or join you for your webcasts or be part of your groups, um, how do they reach you? Just the easiest way is my website, infinitenation.com. InfiniteNation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.